When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back as we burn off the calories that we added on. But more importantly, what's going on in the NFL at this particular point? Carolina has tried to blow up the ship, so to speak. This year has kind of been a wash, rebuilding year after dra- drafting Bryce Young, number one pick. Frank Wright being the head coach, if they thought they would be able to change things around, decide to fire not only Frank Wright, but Friar Josh McCrown and also Deuce Staley, who was the assistant head coach, uh, and tried to tag the interim coach, which is a special teams coordinator, to move up into the position and see what he can do. But to me, when I look at the Arizona, or excuse me, the Carolina Panthers and their organization at this particular time, luckily they play in the NFC South, where it's not as competitive as uh, most of the other NFC teams are. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints are, are battling uh, right now for the top division. Less than six, I think less than seven wins. Uh, and then also when you take into account where the Carolina Panthers can go from this point on, they lose their first first pick of the draft to the Chicago Bears uh, because they traded up and gave away some picks uh, to the Chicago Bears. And now they don't have that to kind of hang their head hats on. So Armando, to me, it's a shaky situation because now it's not so much of the head coach, but it's more of the draft picks and free agencies going forward uh, to be able to help this team kind of elevate a little bit more. Uh, do you see it more as as players, or do you see they need a leader, a head coach, to change things around? Yeah, Donovan, you know, Carolina is, at this point is it's pretty clear to to most people that that can see it's not about the head coach anymore. It's all about the owner who has fired a head coach in season for the second year in a row, including a head coach that he hired less than 12 months ago to right. do a rebuild. So if you don't get it done in 10 months, 11 months, you're outie. Um, and also about Bryce Young, who the next, the hiring of the next head coach will be all about what can you do for me to make Bryce Young great? Because right. that's the only thing that matters with that organization anymore. And I'm, and I'm thinking that that's a bad thing. Look, it's only one of 32 opportunities, right? There's right, only right. 32 of those jobs in the NFL, but that's not a good job. No. Um, uh, that's not, you know, you're walking in with, they've already picked the 5'10 quarterback for you. Uh, he hasn't been good. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how well he takes to coaching or this or that but he hasn't taken to the NFL game all that great. He doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Right. And offensively. And the owner is an impatient guy 
who has a billion dollars and and times like 10. And, you know, if he doesn't like what you're doing after 10 games, you're gone. That that is not the definition of a stable, good (laughs) rebuilding organization situation to go into if you're an aspiring young uh, offensive mind, which is what they're going to want to hire as the next head coach. Well, when I look at this football team, you talk about it, the players. And that's why I mentioned it's so important that we understand the position that they put themselves in by drafting Bryce Young, giving up draft picks, uh, because it's about the youth. So if we're trying to elevate this organization, it's going to have to start in the draft and add on through free agency. And the free agency that you bring in, I think you have to go with more experienced players that understand what it takes to win. So with this young group that you have, they can get you over the hump to teach these young kids how to prepare, what to expect, how to battle uh, when you're down seven, when you're down 10. Guys that come from winning organizations uh, to help you get to that point. But the main thing that, that I look at when it comes to the grand scheme of it all, what I just mentioned, I don't know if Carolina is that much of an attraction for top free agents to look at. One, because you don't know who the head coach is. Two, you have an inexperienced quarterback, which I think that he's he's going to develop and be very good from what we've seen definitely at Alabama. Uh, and just watching him, you know, just battle through this tough time, I think he has it. Um, but you have Adam Thielen only as his wide receiver, an experienced guy. You have some young guys that are talented. Offensive line is, is a little bit up and down at times. Defense, there's not a premier defender that they can hang their hat on, that I can look at, uh, that's not, that's healthy. Um, and so I just think overall, whatever head coach, and they probably will, like you said, go with an off young offensive-minded guy uh, like a McDaniels to come in and be the rain man uh, of it all, to change this whole offense around, you know, with, with things floating up in the air. And he's like, hey, let's run this. But it's, you need a, a leader. You need somebody that's going to come in, stand in front of that team, and make them run through a wall for him. If they can find that guy, maybe that's the step uh, to hopefully turning this thing around. And I'm wondering, so Frank Reich out in in months, 11 months. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Matt Rule out last right. year. Uh, but the architect of the whole thing, Scott Fitterer, who is the general manager, how come he is safe right. uh, and, and what makes you believe that he should be safe? I, I mean, we're coming back from a weekend where uh, Will Levis, who was picked in the second round right. at the top of the second round, outplayed your number one overall pick. Uh, the number two overall pick has outplayed <laughs> your number one overall pick. The Houston Texans, were a worse team than you last year, and now they're a way better team than you this year. Um, And you had the number one overall pick, and you had the highest pick of anybody throughout the draft. How is it that, um, well, I guess they didn't have the highest pick of everybody throughout the draft because they traded up to, to, to get the number one overall pick. How is it that you've given away the house because they did? They gave it away. They gave away DJ Moore. Uh, they gave away, you know, first round picks last year 
and this upcoming year. Right. And you've you've regressed as a as a team on the field. Right. And and you're safe and it's good. Uh, I don't understand that dynamic at all. Well, it's funny because most most organizations that hire a new GM, then they go and find their head coach. So the GM and the head coach are tied together. So this like kind of ask make you lead to the question of did the GM fire the head coach to stay alive? Um, because what we've seen obviously in, in Las Vegas, when they fired Josh McDaniels, they fired the GM. Uh, and so when you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, as far as the NFL is concerned, uh, most head coaches are hired by the new GM. So that becomes his hire. So if this is now where we're going and he fires Frank Wright, is this now going to have another coach under his belt or is he the next one on the chopping block? Well, I mean, if you ask me and you did, (laughs) I'm thinking you, you're the architect. I mean, Frank Wright didn't develop, but you're the guy that put those guys there. And I'm looking, we've talked about this this year. I'm looking for their great all pro offensive lineman, pro bowl offensive lineman. They ain't got one. I'm looking for their really playmaking dynamic wide receiver. They ain't got one. Adam Thielen is is fine, but he's not dynamic. Uh, I'm looking for their great tight end. They ain't got one. I'm looking for their running back that can gain yards because he doesn't even need an offensive line. They ain't got one. And (laughs) and last year, you you were offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Two first-round picks. The Rams wanted to give you, because they hate their draft picks, Two first round picks for for Brian Burns and the Panthers said no. Scott Fitter said no. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, and all respect to Brian Burns, but uh, two first round picks. Yeah, that that's just crazy. Well, you know what? I think with Carolina, it kind of sets the tone and their decision-making that, that they just decided to do, which brings us back to what happened uh, in Jacksonville when uh, they made their decision of, of letting their coach go before the season end um, and decided to bring in Doug Peterson to change things around. When you look at the, the landscape of the league, who's next? Uh, the next head coach to go, because at this point, the Jets are, Jets are under fire. Uh, people are still trying to figure out what's going on in Buffalo. Uh, I think Sean McDermott is safe because this is one of those years of four that, you know, it's kind of really been shaky for him uh, and they may not make the playoffs, but I don't think that he he has to look over his shoulder at this point. Uh, Bill Belichick obviously continues to struggle in New England uh, in the decision that they're going there. The Chicago Bears that just can't seem to score uh, with their coach and, and the decision-making there. I think Robert Sala may be safe because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. Now, he'll have to fire or make a decision on their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And at some point, you got to cut the tie, cut the belt, um, and make a decision there because it's either Aaron or Hackett. And I think Nathaniel may be the one to go in this point. 
Um, the Bears, they, I just think they're just going to revamp everything over there. I, I just think the coaching staff is not safe. Uh, they're probably number one on my list of the decision that's going to have to go. Uh, then Robert Sala as that, and then Sean McDermott. Bill Belichick, I don't think, will be asked to leave. I think this will be one his title and his strength of an organization will be relinquished. He'll just have to be the head coach. But I think more of the Bears would be number one on my list. I mean, Armando, you see it the same way? Wow, you 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 were just like my wife on a trip. You gave me a lot to unpack there, man. It was like, that's a lot of stuff that's coming out of that suitcase. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it's like, uh, let's see. So, okay, let's start with the Jets because, you know, everybody likes, um, uh, uh, you know, a Hindenburg disaster. Whew. Yeah. Um, so... I don't see how it can be either or Aaron Rodgers or Nathaniel Hackett because Aaron Rodgers is all in on Nathaniel Hackett. And so uh, Aaron Rodgers wants, if you want to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, you have to keep Nathaniel Hackett, even though Nathaniel Hackett, you know, his play calling leaves a lot to be desired. I think everybody agrees. Right. Right. But right. Robert Sala has not had a winning season uh, in the last two years. He's not having one this year. Right. How, uh, 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 what, what is, I don't understand what his um, narrative would be. And when he talks to ownership at the end of the year, you should keep me because why? I mean, what, what, what is the, what is the it as to why he stays. Aaron. <laughs> I think it's Aaron. And because he, he will he will tie himself to Aaron because the reason Aaron is here is because of what we've tried to build around him. And so I think that now gives him that that opportunity to be able to last another year. And that's what coaches do. Hey, you know. I know the best best position to put Aaron in. Uh, it's been tough for Zach. Zach just don't have it. Uh, Nathaniel was trying to, you know, figure things out because it wasn't Aaron and Zach just couldn't do the things Aaron could do. Then, then they'll do what coaches do. Hey, this is the film. Take a look here. This is, this is what Zach is missing. Zach's not picking this up. So everything will be on Zach. Because remember, just like we talked about with Bryce Young, Zach is the same thing. First round draft pick just became a bust. Hasn't really panned out. Is it the best situation for Zach? No. Um, so Robert will be able to tie himself to Aaron Rodgers, just like Sean McDermott can tie himself to Josh Allen. Now, as far as the Bears are concerned, that's not his draft pick. Justin Fields is not his guy. So, in order for them to move forward with Justin, I think they cut bait with the coaching staff there. Right. Um, now, as far as McDermott is concerned, look, I, I get it. Most likely, almost 80%, he doesn't get fired. He continues on. The guy's been there, I think, like six years, and he's made the playoffs, uh, four of them or four. five of them. Four or five, yeah. Okay. So 
this is a step back now. They've take they've regressed, and if you don't be careful, your your window closes. Close, and right. I know there people are gonna say, well, we've got Josh Allen, our window's not closing. Well, it hasn't exactly been super open because how many Super Bowls have the Buffalo Bills won or even been to uh, in the Josh Allen era? It's always you fall short and you and you don't even make it oftentimes past the division, you know, uh, the divisional playoff round. So I get that. Let me let me introduce a name that that's going to surprise you as a name that should be you know, kind of looking over his shoulder a little bit until late January. And that's Mike McCarthy. And, mm-hmm. and, and now we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys. They're like right. eight and three. They're really good. They're yeah. The problem for the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy is that the owner <laughs> who's Jerry Jones. I mean, he's loving the, the success right now. Right. But what he really wants is postseason success. Right. What he's really demanding and expects with that roster that, by the way, he put together because he's the general manager. Right. Is we need to be not just in the postseason. We need to be a force and win games in the postseason. And Mike McCarthy hasn't been able to do that. And let me tell you something. They're eight and three, right? Or right. eight and eight and three. They've beaten the Giants twice. Losing the Giants have a losing record. <laughs> they beat the Jets. The Jets have a losing record. They beat New England. New England has the worst record in the AFC. They beat Washington, another coach who's about to get fired. They beat Carolina, the worst record in the entire NFL. Uh, they beat the Chargers, another coach who's about to get fired, and they beat the Rams, another under 500 team. They haven't beaten a good team. They haven't beaten a good team with a solid situation uh, this year. You know, it, it's it's tough for me to 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 see that happen. And even even though the the teams that you mentioned. You play who's on your on your schedule, and there's nothing that they can do about that. And we we can look at it uh, as as if they haven't won versus the tough teams. When it comes to the NFC, really, to be honest with you, there's three only there's three top teams, and one of them um, we're still trying to figure out, and that being the Detroit Lions. Um, I think when you talk about top teams in the NFC, San Francisco and and Philadelphia are the two teams that that you look at and say, well, they got to beat them. Well, they lost to both of them right now. And then they play play uh, Philadelphia again, I believe, in in a week, in a week or two. Uh, and so I look at it as if that's hard for an evaluation. But when it comes to Mike McCarthy, it is about postseason. But it's about postseason all the time with the Dallas Cowboys because that's what everybody talks about. They're a great regular season team, and then they get in the playoffs – and they lose first or second round. If they can get to an NFC championship, then now we're starting to talk a little bit more positive about Dak Prescott, uh, now Mike McCarthy, and then the rest of this team because they're going to have to make some financial decisions coming up in these next two years with some of their top players. But when you talk, as we're talking coaches, I mean, your favorite, Brandon Staley, is definitely on the hot seat. 
because he just they can't seem to win anything. Um, you know, you talk about Ron Rivera, and I love Ron. Ron was with us in in Philadelphia. Uh, I know he and his family. Uh, I just hate to see this position that that he's in. So if they decide to make that decision in Washington, do they fire Eric Bieniemy? Do they allow Eric Bieniemy to become the interim head coach? That's a, that's something that we got to keep an eye on. Uh, and then in Atlanta, that's got to be a decision too as well because they haven't had success since he's been there either. So I, I look at probably, and I think Adam Shafter mentioned mentioned this, and it may be seven, seven to ten new head coaches, uh, coaching vacancies. I definitely see six possibly. I don't know if I see more than six. Where are you at? You see, you see six, or you see more than six. Yeah, there there could be up to twelve, really, if you if you look at it. But more likely, it's gonna be it's gonna be seven ish, yeah. um, seven or eight. Yeah, uh, there's always a surprise, right? We've already True. got two. We've already got two, so <laughs> yeah. it's like that. Not we're, that hard. We're rolling. Yeah, I mean, we got an early start. Let me tell you. My point about the Cowboys, and I and I hate to go back to that, is not that they and I. You're absolutely right. You can only play who you are on the schedule against. But my point is the fact that they've only beaten teams that are losers yeah. right now this year uh, suggests that you know they we gotta see what happens in the playoffs because most of those teams are winners, right. and so. Uh, you got to have success against winners to keep your job, Mike right. McCarthy. Um, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Ibra Flus uh, won last night. Good for him. I, I don't see him. I don't see him staying. Uh, that 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 orga- organization. They they believed at the beginning of the year they were set for success. And they don't have a lot of success right now. No. And the quarterback situation, I mean, Justin Fields, I mean, what's up with that? You know, it, it's it's tough to evaluate Justin because um, he'll have some games where it kind of puts you in a position like, okay, that's that's what the Bears was expecting. You know, this is the, the year of change for Justin. Um, and then he'll have some games where, you know, he's fumbling, you know, he may throw one or two picks. Offensively, they look anemic. Uh, and then you have a number one receiver, and you, you're you trying to just throw bubble screens too, which I like bubble screens, but when you're throwing more than four, all right, it's enough. Like, right, let's get downfield. And yesterday in the game against the Minnesota Vikings, I think his downfield throws were less than two yards. Like, uh, a lot of the checkdowns, which I don't mind, you're reading it over, hitting the checkdowns. But as I watch the game, and I I don't know their offense, but I'm just I see guys running free, and he's missing them because he's getting rushed and his head goes down and he starts to make moves instead of keeping his eyes up and getting the ball out on time. Now is that a trust issue? Is that a comfort level where? He's learning and developing how to do that, how to anticipate the throw. I don't see that, and I that's why I, I make the, I made the decision about their coaching staff because I don't see that part of the game being expressed and displayed with Justin Fields. Now, they had a great win, don't get me wrong. Now, it helped when you get turnovers by Josh Dobb. Um, now, 
It seemed like it was an interception fest. Yeah, I mean, every ball that was tipped, it was like, boom, intercepted. But ball hits off the face mask, boom, intercepted. I'm like, oh, no. And, yeah, it, you get four of them. And it was frustrating to watch because I love what Dobbs has been doing at this particular point. And the bottom fell out a little bit in Minnesota. But then you watch the Bears, and they're not helping because it's like score a touchdown. Like, you 14 plays, field goal. Like, drive down 12 plays, field goal. Like, it's – what are we doing here? And so I just I just think for Justin Fields, I don't think they make the decision to trade him. I think they keep him as their quarterback for another year. But you just don't want to miss out on something dynamic in this draft, meaning May or Williams coming from USC or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, you you mentioned Josh Dobbs, and what are we, we we talked about this? I think uh, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and that was, um, you know, the great the greatness uh, early on. It always it comes back to earth. Reality yeah, is it, reality is rough in the <laughs> NFL. It's like it will not be blocked. It will not be stopped. It is coming at you like a freight train, the right. reality thing. And so Josh Dobbs, great story. You know, future NASA engineer, if he wants to do that. Right. Um, you know, God bless him. But he's Josh Dobbs. <laughs> it's and and so it is what it is. That the Vikings um are 39% before last night. We're 39% third down conversions with Kirk Cousins. There's yeah. 17% with Josh Dobbs. Reality. I mean, he's a great story. He shows up on a Tuesday. He's playing on Sunday. He's winning. Wins again the next week. But now they've lost a couple in a row. All that, all that great story narrative is back to earth. And it applies to him, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce takes over the Raiders, and oh, my God, he's awesome. They love him. They're smoking cigars after the game and <laughs> winning two in a row, and now he's lost two in a row. <laughs> so reality. Uh, Tim Boyle. Okay, we're going to throw Tim Boyle in there because Zach is terrible. Uh, for the Jets, and now he was pretty good, Tim Boyle, in 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 reserve. But now he's starting against the Dolphins, and he throws a pick six on a Hail Mary. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I hated Hail Marys, and a lot of quarterbacks hate Hail Marys. I didn't, for this reason, not me. I hated Hail Marys because it's like, you're waiting for their guys to get down there, and you work on it in practice every week. The first guy either goes up, catches if he's in the end zone. If he's not, you tip the ball back. You tip the ball back. You got two guys behind you. Somebody else grabs it. <coughs> Most quarterbacks dislike it because of the interception factor. They hate it because it's an interception probably that's going to happen. Tim Boyle, I mean, that ball went right to the guy. And it was like a punt return. And nobody could make a tackle. And so how frustrating is that going into the locker room where you're just like, what just happened? 
Like, we couldn't even, like, nobody could touch him. That That's embarrassing, and I felt bad for Tim Boyle at that time. 90, well, I mean, yeah, make a tackle, Tim Boyle. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he looked a little <laughs> lost. He looked, well, quarterbacks are supposed to be back there to make tackles. We're the last line of defense. So, yeah. when you got five guys coming to block you, and you, you're trying to, like, like make moves between them all, yeah, that's not going to work out. Look, I get that. And and if you're Donovan McNabb, if you're like, you know, an accomplished quarterback, I get it. You don't have to make <laughs> tackles on interceptions because you're walking off thinking about, okay, the next drive, I'm going to throw a touchdown pass. If you're Tim Boyle, you better make you that better damn well make a tackle. <laughs> You better you better be practicing tackles on interceptions because you're <laughs> Tim Boyle. Right. <laughs> That's it. If you're not a starter and a star, you better make a tackle. Because <laughs> you, you just threw a Hail Mary and it's going back 99 yards the other way. And you're the last line of defense. Throw yourself at the dude. Something like <laughs> grab a guy and bring him off the field to help you. I don't know what you're going to do. Do <laughs> something because you don't want to go down in infamy. And that's exactly the Jets. You know, they had some three very embarrassing plays. They right. had the butt fumble. Oh, Um they had the spike play against the Dolphins where Dan Marino fakes a spike <laughs> and throws a touchdown to throws win the fake. game. And now this Hell Mary thing. And I did say Hell Mary. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, you you don't want to be in that history book like that. Well, let, let's let's talk about the history book since, you know, we're, we're going there and we always got to bring a Syracuse guy into it with Tommy DeVito and the things that he's been able to do, you know, Syracuse is just everywhere. You know, as much as people want to understand, trying to understand what we're doing over there, including myself, uh, we're trying to make things better at Syracuse. <laughs> and the quarterback situation right now with the Giants, obviously we have their starting quarterback who's, uh, I think he's having surgery or had surgery right after the holidays. Um, and, then you have Tyrod Taylor, who gave them a splash while he was there. And, you know, he's been banged up as well. So now Tommy DeVito steps in and he gets two wins. How about that? Against New England. Well, he gets a win against New England, which he's the first rookie quarterback that has beaten Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Um, so that says a lot for him. But where do you think the Giants go at this particular point? Like, is this something that they can ride? throughout the end of the year or like we talked about reality happens at some, at this point. The earth continues to spin and the <laughs> NFL will come at you. I'm Good sorry. You could have helped me out a little bit with Tommy. Get Tommy some love for a little bit. Yeah. I, I think it's been a little bit and look, uh, I would love for it to be this fairy tale story right out of Saturday Night Fever, where he's walking down the street going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you know, in New Jersey somewhere where he lives. God bless him. I love the story. He lives at home. Right. Mama does the chicken cutlets, and he's good to go. Um, but no, 
that's not the that's not going to be what drives the New York Giants going forward. Yesterday, uh, general manager Joe Shane said that when Daniel Jones is healthy, he's our quarterback. But, 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 um, the 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 Giants got butt. Um, anyway, <laughs> they. He also said that Jones might not be ready for the start of next season. I don't. I don't believe he will. And so you need a guy. Tyrod Taylor is unsigned. Are you gonna go with uh, Tommy DeVito? Joe Shane also said we are going to add a quarterback. And of course, everybody's ears perk up because. First now round you're adding a quarterback. Yeah. You just said you just Daniel paid. Jones is your guy, but you're adding a quarterback. And by, by the way, you're going to have a pretty high draft pick because your team this year is pretty bad. So are you adding a quarterback or are you drafting a quarterback in the first round? <laughs> is that what you're doing? And Joe Shane's answer was interesting. BPA, best player available. Meaning, if they're on the board in the first round next year, and there's a and the quarterback in the first round is their best player available, right? That's what he suggested is going to happen. That's a crazy situation. Now you got Daniel Jones coming off an injury, making forty million dollars a year, and you drafted a quarterback in the first or the second round. Well, I mean. I think from what I've heard, and I have to continue to look this up, I think after two years, uh, his money isn't guaranteed. Like, he gets all of his guaranteed money. So uh, if you go and draft a quarterback next year and groom him and, you know, give him some reps and obviously allow Daniel Jones to get back healthy, see what happens with that young quarterback, then you can make a decision after that. I I think for what we've seen with Daniel Jones, the ceiling isn't high, and it, it's been turnovers to fumbles, interceptions to now late game aurorics last year where they got excited and paid him that money. Saquon Barkley's trying to get paid. Then they decided to give it to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones struggles this year, and then now the injury. I think they, if they say best player available, I see them drafting a quarterback. Now, will Caleb Williams drop, or will they happen to – continue to lose and move up for Caleb Williams or May. I don't think that they'll look into drafting Pennics that high. But then you also have Jaden Daniels uh, and maybe Bo Nix in that mid-range with Pennix. And so I think that's a smart decision to draft a quarterback, to be able to put yourself in position just in case. And then if you want to make that, that move, you already have a guy in place. Yeah, and and I remind you, they play in New York. Exactly. And the minute that they bring in a quarterback um, who, by even the general manager's admission, might start the regular season opener because they don't know that Daniel Jones is going to be ready, you've already got a quarterback issue. You've yeah. already got – because if that guy plays well – and the Giants win the opener, you're going to go, okay, thanks. You're out. Daniel Jones is ready to come in to be Daniel Jones. 
who who are they kidding? Nobody does that. Nobody, you know, nobody goes, all right, you played great, dude. You're on the bench now. Come on. I Come mean, on. you know, hey, San Francisco, they decided to make that move with Trey Lance and, and Purdy. Um, it, it can be done, but the problem is this. When you have a quarterback coming off of injury, no one's going to trade for him. Like, you have to show that he's healthy enough to get back out on the field or whatever, you know, to put him up at, as trade bait. But we'll talk a little bit about more all this coming back in, in our next show. Make sure you tune in here at the Five Spot. We're going to continue to give you the explosive details and keep an eye on what's going on in the league. Also, keep an eye on what's happening in the NBA. At this point, it may be boring for some people to all-star break, but it still has some good storylines of the inner inner thing going in or playing in Vegas. Keep an eye on that. Um, I'll still talk WNBA with, with Armando, his favorite, but we'll go further than that. As we continue on, thanks for joining us here at the Five Spot. Make sure you tune in, check out our live stream, and enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you again.